This episode of YA Trash is brought to you by Flock Wings. When chicken wings aren't enough, try human wings down at Flock Wings. Hello, we are back with Maximum Ride after a hellacious period of months that were just... I, I feel like turbulence is an understatement. Kyle, you go through yours first. So... I, I've been reading this off of PDFs, and these PDFs are... They're decent, but a little bit cursed. Like, for the third book, every single capital I, every instance of the self-referential I was replaced by a one. So every time I would just look, and I'd be like, that doesn't feel right. I know it's an I, but I'm seeing one, and it was just confusing. And it breaks my fucking mind. It was... Uh, it was awful. It's like when you're reading like a book and you're expecting like this wonderful journey, and then a like a grammar error or something just grinds your experience to a screeching halt. You're like, whoa, what is this? Or when you encounter a word you don't know, but you should know that word. I never encounter words I don't know. I don't know about you. You fucking pretentious motherfucker. Okay, listen here. <laughs> I have I have a very huge brain. I don't know what to tell you. I have I have a thick vocabulary as well because I did nothing in my youth but read. But the problem is occasionally I'm like, what does hellacious mean again? It sounds pretty. I, That's all you need to sounds, know. No, hellacious doesn't sound pretty, it sounds metal. I wouldn't know the difference. Okay, there's none. Hey, because what were we talking about? Yeah, so, then let's talk about your literal life curse that has occurred from this. So, in the, in the two months that have progressed over the time that this audio recording hasn't been done... Sorry to break. Sorry to break the kayfabe on this, uh, ladies and gents. We have we have to discuss this because honestly, it has taken too fucking long to get this yeah, second recording. Honestly, we were expecting to do this in a month, and we should have been able to do this in a month. We, I forgot everything we said, other than our uh, traumatizing Books childhoods bad. in association with this series. Books and bad boys hot. Yeah, yeah. We we can discuss that again and my changed thoughts. But I've fallen down the stairs like three times in the time that this audio recording has been done. And the worst of it was the like we've been planning this for the past two or three weeks and just the worst circumstances have come up. Like And literal, every week I've fallen yeah. down the stairs. I've fallen oh, down the stairs every week we planned a recording and it didn't happen. <laughs> Hopefully this week you will be saved from the, the fucking cursed-ass stairs. Also, fun fact, where I live, it's been raining like like crazy. But I never slipped on the stairs the day it rained. Only on the longest dry sections. Jesus Christ, California. Uh, yeah, so my story is a bit less dramatic. Eh, it's still got some drama. So, let's start this at day one. So as we agreed, I was reading the manga version. And that has its own headaches. But what it came down to is my local library had every single volume except number two and number four. Now, number four was no problem. You know, that, that one was fine. I couldn't progress past the first volume for so, so fucking long. I'm like, okay, what the fuck do I do? And I'm waiting like, okay, if, I, if it doesn't come in this week, I'm just going to go buy it. And then I have to go on a plane, bef- and I find I have to go on a plane before I had to buy it. I didn't get a chance to buy it because, like, okay, I'll buy the ebook. Find out my Kindle's broken; its screen no longer functions. So, like, okay, well, I'll figure something out while I'm in California. I'm in California. 
and about halfway through my stay, I get a call, and it's like, hey, we finally got number two, and I'm like, I want to die, and the lady on the phone's like, what? So, I hang up the phone, I'm like, okay, fuck this, so the second I get back, I go to the library, pick up the book, I then burn through all of them in less than a day, and then just, like, life gets in the way of of the last two weeks as I've had to suffer a death of somebody very close to me, which was just unfortunate, but you know, that's life. But this has been a headache two months in the making right now. And I'm so fucking glad we are done with this nightmare of a series. It's, Actually, it's somewhat not. fitting. I it's mean, part one <laughs> for part one, what a, like a nightmare technically. And we had to set up everything. Oh and yeah. Get this I forgot running. to mention. Yeah. We, we forgot to mention this part's audio quality should be much higher because Tuna fucked up, or Kyle fucked up the first part's recording. So it's going to be much more specific on my end. I don't think Kyle's should differ that much in quality, but I should sound much more crispier and smoother. We hope. We Which hope. We, we hope, as I'm doing most of the talking. Yeah, I think that's going to be... We're going to do a lot of comparison between book and uh, mangoes, respectively, so it, it'll be it'll be a case of you will hear a lot of one person talking. So first, let's, let's give our thoughts in comparison to our memories and just our thoughts in general. So this is worse than I remembered, and I already remembered it being pretty fucking bad. I'd like to say I have sweet memories of this book, but not anymore. It is so bad. Let's give it like an out of ten. I'm gonna say this is a fucking three. Um, I'll give it a five. I don't blame any of you out there for liking it. Oh yeah, but no, no, I no. do. I also thoroughly enjoyed how cute Fang was, but like, let's be honest, dude. Like, oof. Uh, and, yeah. Okay, like, mm. let's let's set our tens. What what is your ten out of ten book? Sorry. What is your personal ten out of ten favorite book ever? Uh, my personal 10 book. out of 10 favorite book ever is uh, Great Expectations. That one's great. My personal one is either Dracula or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Both strong choices. Yeah. Like, j- just to give an example, like, we both have tastes in books. We're not just shitting on books to shit on books. We like books. And, like, we also like young adult fiction books. Hopefully. I don't know. We might actually not end up liking any of the ones that we picked. It just no, might no. be memories. I have a couple of good ones. There's a couple of positives in the pipeline. Trust us, yeah. please. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, no. Maximum Ride fucking sucks ass. Is it? Is it the worst book I've ever read? God, no. Is it the worst book in genre I've ever read? God, no. Is it even the worst James Patterson book I've ever read? Absolutely not. But it's a pretty bad book. Well, let's be honest. How many j- actually written by James Patterson books have you read with the title James Patterson on them? The title? Or, sorry, the author. Uh, about seven. Okay, but you know he mostly pays other people to write his books, right? Oh, okay, I did not know that. Maybe that okay, accounts this, for it. The rapid, might not... rapid direction changes in Max Ride. Yeah, that actually might explain the fucking breakneck pace. So I'm going to sound a bit inconsistent in my notes because I'm also with Tuna because I'm taking my notes from the the manga volumes, which, by the way, I did look at the page count. I had to read way more, way more than you did, by the way. Yeah, but you got to look at pretty pictures. I just had to stare oh, at shitty words. You stay pretty. So we will start with me. 
volume one. All right, so for me, it starts off with a few color pages, which were pretty all right. And it's Max running from stupid werewolves, you know, these furries. They're chasing her towards a cliff, and she flies off with her angel rings, and it's a fucking dream sequence, which is a weird trend in this series. Holy crap, there's so many dream sequences. Art is alright, and the character designs are charming, but it varies rapidly between how to draw a manga book and just actual manga. And then we get to, then we get to some of the character designs, such as Nudge. I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with the character from Dragon Ball Z, Mr. Popo. But if I had to describe Nudge's designs, it is big old mammy lips, if any of you are familiar with that incredibly racist trope. Like, manga typically does not know how to draw black people, and she is a victim of that. Because, holy crap, dude, dude, this is not okay. But, Japan. So there's a lot of, like, book-like narration, despite it being a manga, but that goes away pretty quickly. So Jeb is dead. So they established that there, there was their pappy, Jeb, and he is dead. Jeb is super dead, guys, trust us. Uh, Max goes through their little life in this cabin. Then we meet Gaz, who is just anime Calvin. Max is a pre- is a pre- like, okay, so I'm going to make a lot of comparisons here to generic shonen anime, because I've come to the conclusion in my life that that is all young adult fiction is. It has the same running themes, tropes, and weird narrative structure. So Max is a generic anime girl who can't cook, which is trait number one of the generic Mary Sue pile. This is her, pretty much her only fucking flaw. Uh, Iggy is hella cute. He is a weird trope that I notice a lot of hyper-competent blind people where they're only blind when it's convenient to point it out. He is used as the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. He just does not act like a blind person ever, unless it's very convenient. Or inconvenient, depending. Alright, then Fang appears via Shadow Step, and he is fucking... Oh my god, he is up my alley. And then I am brought down to earth when I remember he is 14. Yeah, disclaimer about the first part. We both forgot that Fang was 14. We were 14 or 15, probably. We were both 14 or younger when we read these books, so it's fine for us to... Again, these are characters that exist in our imagination that... Existed solely in our imaginations, so we probably aged them appropriately, and thus they stayed that as we grew up. So, retroactively, our comments are really creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edit this out and stick it at the beginning of the other bit, (laughs) so we don't sound like monsters. Nah. To basically explain what I imagined him as, which is pretty much what he's in this book, but I just imagined him as, like, your squall-type bitchy anime boy. You know, just really cute, really big brooding, and like, oh, break my fucking heart. So, yeah, Fang is 14. So then Max goes to wake up the others, which are, which, Baby Popo and Angel. Angel in this art is moe as shit, kawaii as heck. And Angel just can read minds, okay, how do birds do that? Like, I should mention, it mentions that they're 98% human and 2% birds. This is not, that's not how that works. Wait, do they introduce that she can read minds that early? Yes, it is literally in the first, like, scene or chapter or whatever. It's literally just like, just wake her up, it's like, Angel, you read my mind again, didn't you? And all I can think is, hold up. But yeah, no, right away, and all, like, 
Okay, first of all, 98% human, 2% bird. And all you could think is, okay, but 2% is not massive wings. 2% is maybe you get on one hand the hollow bones. You don't get the wings from for 2%. That's not how that works. Also, that's not how DNA works. Already, we are probably more than 2% bird. If we were to look at our fucking DNA. It's, uh, it's, it's magic. Don't worry about it. So, they have breakfast. Uh, Gazzy can mimic people, I guess. Yeah, that's a weird thing to establish, especially because it ends up not really being major. Like, okay, so, so far they've established that this part is for establishing character's abilities. Snake, like, Fang is sneaky. Iggy's blind. Fucking Angel can read minds. Can we talk about how kind of weird that is that Iggy's superpower is treated as being blind? Like, What's it? What's his special power? What's his thing that sets him apart among these mind readers and invisibility people? I, I'm blind. Like that? That's I can't see. Like you got you got fucking robbed, my friend. Like Kyle, could you imagine if like I'm just out there? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I ha- I'm Spider Man over here. What's your power? I I can I I can open cans real good. My fingernails are are. They don't break when I hit the door wrong. I have strong nails. It's like that trope that a bunch of books do, which is like, autism is my superpower. And you're like, mm. That's insulting. But, okay, back to the book. Alright, Gaz can mimic people. Furries interrupt the good times. Erasers is one of the worst names I've ever heard. And I stand by this. Erasers is pretty goddamn bad, dude. So Angel doesn't use her wings to get away because she's an idiot. Like, she's in a chopper. They're not holding her. At least in the art. They're not holding her. Max and Fang get the shit kicked out of them. Jeb's son, Ari, is a big fur boy, looks 30, is 7, acts like he's 50. He does not act like a 7-year-old. Max gets Videl beaten, I have written down, which for those who don't know, in a very specific scene in Dragon Ball Z, the character Videl gets brutalized, and it's actually uncomfortable. Now, it wasn't as bad as that, but she gets, like, really beaten down. That is one thing about this series, is that, like, the fighting is kind of brutal. Like, oddly, considering the, uh, the, the tone and, like, generalized feel of this series, like, people get hit, like, hard. Yeah, Maybe not well-written hard, but pretty. hard. This is choreographed. This is fucking, these are brawls. Well, I'd like so, to also point out in the books, they literally just stuff Angel in a sack, so. Fane catches a cup headed towards his face without turning. He's so dreamy. He's also so 14. Also, they don't look 14 in the manga. Like, Iggy, Max, and Fang all look like adults. But Let's that's be honest, the people who are reading this probably aren't 14 at this point. Because yeah. they read the book as young young adults. Whatever that nebulous yeah, classification is. The manga is still coming out. It's not done. But, I mean, there's okay, nine so, books of content. What are you going to do? Just leave the money on the table? Exactly. They chase after Angel. Ari says, you've got it all wrong. We're the good guys. And almost shoots Max. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite just juxtapositions between actions and words I've ever seen. Which like, you don't understand? We're the good guys. Bop, bop, bop. Nudge suggests telling the public about the experiments, to which Fang replies, if we told anybody, we'd end up in a zoo. Why? Yeah, we've discussed this before. 
the the book likes to treat like the media and the average people like monsters, but it's like no, wait, we need your help though. You you're the good ones, but the media no, the media's bad. No, and also like my my big thing with that is like okay. Why would they end up in a zoo if they're telling everybody about the fucked up experiments? Wouldn't they get sympathy from that? Can't they just fly away? The school's in Cali, Cali, which was ironic for my situation before reading the second book. And that's where the gang's headed. Angel is in a cage and next to a freaky fish guy. The scientists want to look at Angel's brain and are also creepy. Max gives a rah-rah speech about living in cages, the fucking teenage girl. <laughs> Iggy and Gaz are told to stay, but this is a YA novel, so they won't. So I actually have to give the book credit here. It did not have them rebel up against Max's authority and chase after them. They actually get forced out later on. So, like, credit what credit's due. I actually didn't... I actually was not on the book for that one. So, Nudge talks a lot in his lol random. Do clouds feel tickly is an actual quote. Fang... He's ever the he's ever the strong and silent type. Max literally says, "Flying is cool," and I imagine this is what it this is like being God, and somehow finds a way to bitch about it. It's like okay, they are fulfilling every teenage girl's fantasy by saying, "Guys, we can fly. We're like gods, but we're also oppressed and shunned from society." It's like that's what every teenager wants. Is to have cool powers, but also be shunned and be an outcast and be special. Of course, him, Iggy, and Gaz decide to home alone this shit. And then we get just real pictures in the background. They get to a city. Okay, so Max and the gang get to a city and decide to help a little girl being picked on. Fang tells Max not to, but she's just so compassionate and nice and too perfect to not to. And Max can easily hide the wings completely. Okay, so this defeats the entire premise of them not going to live in the city. She does it with ease. What? Why do you need to hide in the mountains? Because the man. Fuck him. Fuck the man. <laughs> so Max stops the bullies via a red hot kick. Does she do a dive kick in the in the book? No. She just. I think she just like punches them a couple of times. This book loves the roundhouse kick. It feels like it's the only move they know where they'll be like, I punch him, and then I roundhouse kicked him, and then I roundhouse kicked him. So I need to ask something, this is manga only, or or also in the book. Is the ethnicity of any of the bullies pointed out? I think they're white. Okay, because it's a fucking McDonald's tr- like band of heroes here. Because one of them's black, and boy does he have the fucking popo lips. Oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> Bully's got a gun, he shoots at her, she books it. First smart thing she's done. Max runs to a cliff, and instead of running in front of three or four guys, takes a bullet. Like, okay, she's like, I can't show my wings to them. They're like four dudes. Why does it matter if they see you? Like, have you never picked up a tabloid? People say some stupid shit and nobody believes them. It doesn't matter if three guys see you. You're gonna be fine. Also, can can we laugh about the fact that this is like the only time bullets ever land in this series? Mm-hmm. And it's by some street punk. I'm telling you, man. These 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 erasers, they need to go to the streets. The streets will raise them well. They suffer that from that clone disease. No, man, they need to go to the streets. But these guys aren't from... The- they're just some bullies. They're literally never talked about ever again. Uh, cut to Angel running through a maze. This was time number five, and it's getting dramatically shorter each time. The scientists want her brain more. Ha 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 ha. Project Angel with a spooky needle. 
so she bites, quote, Riley. Two guys walk in, telling them not to damage her. Uh, they, specifically, they specifically say it, and she goes like, I'm not an it. It's like, honey, you have much more pressing concerns now than your, like, proper pronouns. Oh, I gotta point out, Angel's mind reading is confusing. Okay, so... In what while she's like reading the minds of the other mutants in the lab, they talk like fucking orcs, like your fantasy orcs where they can't form like proper sentences, and it led me to think and like not the fun forty k type of orcs where they're just cockney. But it's like, wait, why are these why are these like things you're supposed to feel bad for literally made out to be like monsters Savages. in the flinch? Uh, cause you should only feel bad for the precious white girl. Uh, okay, look, my my view on these series is racial pro- politics are kind of viewed by the manga, so I, it actually might not be that bad in the book. It's not I, that I, bad I in the book. Fair. It's not discussed all that much. Okay, good, because like it it seems more uncomfortable in the manga than the books, so I might be wrong on it. Head scientist man says no, and then says some shit to Angel, and I, it's supposed to be a, re- a re- reveal later, I guess. In the art and dialogue for him, it is really clear that this is Jeb. I don't know if this is clear in the book. I might be wrong, but it is so obvious it's Jeb because we've seen him already in the manga, and we see him again here. Is it revealed there that Jeb's alive and is a science man? Yeah, it's revealed there, but... Okay. Okay. Uh, I gotta ask you, cause this, this seems like it skipped a huge section of Nudge and Fang just hanging out while Max no, is that, shot. No, that, that happens after that. Oh, okay. It changed up the s- sequence then. You know, Nudge is hungry, Gang give, Fang gives her some chocolate. God, it's just like Max, she's so nice and she just had to help that kid, gosh. And then two big ass hawks are watching him, like, Fang, <laughs> Fang, fuck, I forgot I wrote this. Fang spreads his wings, giving them a sniff of his wing pits. <laughs> yeah, he literally says, I'm letting them smell my scent, so they trust me. He then has a stare-off with a hawk, this Edge Bishy. He wins the fucking stare-off with a goddamn hawk. And then we cut to Gaz and Iz making explosives. So, it, Iggy's apparently just a fucking genius. They are home aloneing the shit out of this. The erasers are much closer to their camp than they assumed. They spike up the road, which of course the bad guys fall for. They all crash, and then one of their jeeps gets driven off the road and explodes. So, Iggy and Gaz murdered at least four people there. It's fine, they're monsters, don't worry about it. Even though they're all seven-year-olds. Don't, don't worry about it. Ari finds Gaz and Iggy and forces them to run. Fang and Nudge want parents because they're jealous of Hawks. Okay, I'm going to talk about that scene for a little bit. So, in that scene in the book, it's not Ari. It's a bunch of random erasers. But they make a point of, like, talking about how Iggy is blind. So, as they're escaping, they're fighting an eraser who has a mechanical eye, right? And Ah. he's like, well, if you come back to school, you can get your vision back. And then he shoots them with his laser eyes. (laughs) No shit. He literally, like, looks at them and then starts burning a hole in their shirt with his laser fucking eyeball. That was not in my version. How the fuck was that not in my version? Like, okay, narratively and thematically makes more sense for it to be Ari. 
fuck that. I want laser eyes. Yeah, dude, laser eye man. Laser <laughs> eye man gets blown up and he's never seen again. Laser eye man is over. Alright, so Fang and Nudge want parents because they're jealous of Hawks. Meanwhile, Max is bleeding in a forest and it's raining and she's cold and she's hungry and she wants to die. She's just having the worst day. So I'm happy you're hungry, you fucking like, Nudge. So then Max is just wandering through the forest, really hurt. She hides her wings again, despite the wings being shot. And then she comes across the little girl she saved, named Magnolia. Even though they called her Ella, and I don't know how you get that from Magnolia. And she's out, and she's playing with a little puppy. Max saves her, and oh my god, she's bleeding, we gotta help her. So, she's tr- she gets her mom, and she just passes out in a stranger's house. So, by the way, I should mention, the bullies are named Dwayne and Jose. They just fucking shot up one of the main characters, and they are not major antagonists. If your bullies walk up to you with a shot, it, it was just a pistol. No, okay, no, let's, let's rephrase oh. that. If your poli- bullies are packing heat, there's a problem. <gasps> Why are you confronting Move. them? Like, okay, because here's the thing. This yeah, is a it was a shotgun nice in the book, house. too, which it's is extra nice fucked up. They can obviously afford to move. Also, it's a shotgun in the foot. How is Max alive? Yeah, it's a shotgun. And three, uh, like, all three of them have shotguns. Christ, that's way worse. Because it was just one guy with a gun. So, by the way, I should mention, her mother says, and I quote, Ella, get me my first aid kit and some juice for Max. And all I could think is, yeah, ah, yes, what I need when I get shot. Some freshly squeezed OJ. <laughs> She, she tells her not to call her parents or the police. So, as a vet, she takes care of her wound. And she des- she decides to let her see her wings. This is supposed to be a very emotional scene. Because, like, how would the general public react? And then the mother takes it way too well. Like, okay, let, let, let me put it this way. Fine, you're a very compassionate soul. You want to help her. This is still a human being that has wings. You should at least be a little weirded out. Uh, by the way, we cut to, to Nudge again. Nudge wakes up. Fang's gone. And she's bawling. She's like, oh, I'm all alone because I can't tr- be alone for five minutes. And then Fang's like, what? what is a bitch? I'm not deaf. He appears behind her. Because he went to fly with the hawks, this fucking dreamy bishy boy. It's like that scene in all your romances where... The guy, like, you're you're looking for the guy or whatever. He's off doing some athletic thing, and oh no, he's all like sweaty or whatever. Like it's that cliche horrible setup, but it's not a romance between these characters. So why? Let, let me describe it as worse. This is boy sleeps with girl. It's real good sex, and he wakes. She wakes up. He's gone. It's like, oh no, can't believe I trusted him. He betrayed me, and he's making breakfast. I hate Fang. <laughs> I just, I can't, I hate You can't deal him. with this. You can't deal with this. I can't deal with this, like, no, this character, he's just like, oh, I'm so edgy and brooding. And then people are like, why are you so edgy and brooding? He's like, I'm not. What are you talking about? So anyways, they go to the town and get some McDonald's. It is, like, actually explicitly McDonald's. Are they allowed to do that? I don't know. Because I'm looking at it and, like, this is the McDonald's logo. Now, I could... Now, here's the thing, though. I'm not familiar with how McDonald's packaging is, like, oriented. It could be McDonald's. But they are, like, they're eating burger, They're eating burgers and apple pies out of the trash. Like, they... 
go dumpster diving for McDonald's. And honestly, I don't think there would be a difference in quality for the food. Nudge magically spots a sign out of nowhere. And then they're like, we have to go to to Tepisco. And she thinks that her parents might be in Tepisco. And Fang is unable to stop her despite his ability to just, I guess, teleport. But nah, not this time. And then Max wakes up from another bad dream. This one is not described to me, at least. It's not, is it described to you? I don't even remember another bad dream happening. Max is very hurt, and she's like, oh, I can't stand up. But she gets a really cute shirt. She gets a cute shirt, gets a fucking meal, and is like, man, I sure am not worried about any of my friends or anything. So she, she describes her last name as Ride. Now, all I could think is, that's a poor name. Maximum ride. Apparently, it's after Sally Ride the astronaut. All I know is that all astronauts are heroes, so they're cool. So I'm fine with that one. But you combine that with Maximum. But I'm sorry, Maximum Ride is a goddamn porn name. I don't want to think about that ish. I don't want to think about the story of 15 year olds be associated with porn names. As as often as this book somehow strays into that territory, mm, I want to duck it. So, Ella's mom, who I'm going to call Mommy Ride, <laughs> fuck Jesse Morris. No, no, she has a name, use it. <laughs> it has not been revealed yet. It has not been revealed, my friend. Well, we have to. We have to for consistency's sake. I can't, I can't deal with you calling her Mommy Ride. <laughs> so Mommy Ride asks if there's others like Max, and then she asks, and Max is silent completely, to which Mommy Ride says, um, can you actually fly with your wings? And Max says, yeah, but my bones are, like, her bones are thin and light. I have extra muscles and my lungs are bigger. My heart's more efficient, but I need to eat a lot. And this whole scene is just, man, isn't Max just the perfect person with so much trauma? Cut to Fang and uh, Nudge. And then they're like, oh, we're in a trailer park now. And then she's like, oh, why did you follow me, Fang? To which Fang replies, and I quote, you told me not to leave you alone in tears, you know. They're really pushing this idea of like, okay, but what if it's not her parents? What if you don't even know these people? And she's like, well, I should at least try, which is, yeah, it makes sense. And then we find Nudge's mother. So her depiction in the manga is actually way more comfortable, I imagine, is in the book. Because it's combined with the popo lips and her bandana and her cigarette and her being poor and trashy. And it, it, it's just creepy and weird and reminds me of a lot of less sensitive depictions of African Americans, shall we say. And then Ari shows up <laughs> like out of nowhere. Because they don't even set up that they're being followed. Like, they never imply that this group is being followed, only that Iggy and Gaz are. And Iggy and Gaz were not caught and have not caught up with them. They they literally killed all of their pursuers, so we have no idea what's going on with that, but okay fine, they've caught them. So Max is staying in a mansion, full. She's like, oh, I need to go to my friends. But she's like, nah, don't leave. Don't leave Mommy Ride. We, I'll give you a, I'll give you a lift. And I'll take you to my hospital and give you an x-ray. And then they joke like how Max doesn't even know that x-rays are machines. Which is like, ah, oh, what a country bumpkin, even though she seems to be completely city, like, proficient. Yeah, we run into that problem a lot in this series where... They're, like, educated by Jeb on, I guess, literally everything, but their set of skills is inconsistent at best, and deus ex machina at worst. So, Max can't deal with the hospital, 
And we finally learned Mommy Ride's name, which is Dr. Martinez. Please stop calling her Mommy Ride. I will now. She's now Dr. Martinez. Although I'll miss Mommy Ride. No. Mm. <laughs> so Max has a panic attack in the hospital, which is like, okay, that's fine. I understand. Oh, I was, ra- I was like made in the lab and traumatized there. So like, it makes sense that she would be traumatized by a hospital. This is fine. But like, while we're supposed to be caring about her deep personal trauma, cut to Fang fighting werewolves. <laughs> like, just the juxtaposition of this, this fishy boy getting his shit rocked by werewolf men. And then Ari's like, no, I want this, yo. I, I'm big and strong. And you two are gonna get beat up. Cut back to Max. It's like, oh my god, Max. Your bone is fine. But like, oh, you got so hurt. I'm trying to save my daughter. You're so perfect. Care about this girl, ladies and gentlemen. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's a microchip. They're being tracked and then Ari says and I fucking quote yum little brown piglet and then Nudge appears to psycho crusher Ari and that just no and then he's out of the fight he misses he misses a gunshot because he has to and then he's out of the fight yeah but then Fane just keeps getting beat up until Nudge throws I think a bucket of paint at him it could be gumbo (laughs) what the art okay the art on it is weird is it a bucket of paint? I, I just I just thought they hit Ari really hard and then flew away. Oh, it's a- they threw a bucket at him. And then he misses a bullet and it's like, oh, well, you saved me, but you're just a kid. We shouldn't have gone. Feel bad, Nudge. Feel bad. Oh, here's how they defeat Ari. They grab a, a, a can of spray paint, they shake it a couple of times and throw it at him. And then it gets in his eyeballs. And that's how they defeat him. Yeah, for the manga, it's she throws a bucket of, like, paint at him, and it's a full bucket that just hits him in the face and gives him a concussion. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's way more brutal. <laughs> so yeah, Fang guilt trips her about wanting to see her mother, the, the, the dumb bitch. How dare this lady have independent thought and desires? How dare this small child want to have, like, a loving family? No, was it? How dare this in, this small child want to have independent thought and desires outside of our group? Like it's very culty. And he's like, "Let's go home to our." It's like, "Let's go home." They said it burned down. No, I meant our home with the hawks. I mean, a real quote in this book, which is, "This is not Iggy. This is not a democracy. It's a maxocracy." <laughs> Yeah, no, none of the other characters have their own, like, goals or, or desires. Desires. And if they do, they are their parents. Uh, Max, like, take out this microchip, and it's like, nah, we can't. All your shit, like, grew around it, so you, like, it's wrapped up in your nerves and crap. So Max hide in the clo- hides in the closet while, like, people are talking to Dr. Martinez. Those guys are bad news because they're looking for Max. They're werewolves. They're, they're they're just werewolves. They're the werewolves. I mean, to be fair, I can't see them, so I don't know if they're werewolves. And I doubt Dr. Martinez would be... Pre- like, okay, if Dr. Martinez is unshaken by a bird person and werewolves, she is the hardest motherfucker. Okay, but remember, in this series, erasers, when they're not transformed, are really pretty. They don't look it in, in this version, I'll tell you that much. Really? Because, like... Uh, apparently in the books, like, erasers are, like, super hot, and they all have really nice, uh, amazing voices, and they're super great looking, but their features are just a little sharp, and then they turn into monsters and eat you. So we cut back to Nudge and Fang, and 
Nudge asks, Fang, do you really think everyone is dead? Fang replies, we still have to try to save Angel. It's fucked up. Like, no words of comfort, just, yeah, probably. So, the, the people find them, it might be the Erasers. Turns out, it was Iggy and Gaz playing the most messed up prank of all time. And it's like, and Iggy has the audacity to get offended saying, oh, you, you're saying just that we're not dead. It's like, dude, you were just impersonating the people that have been trying to kill you guys to scare them. Fang and Nudge get into a life-threatening fight. Gaz and Iggy had to blow up their own home and escape their captors while murdering a bunch of motherfuckers like the cold bastards they are. And Max gets cookies. I, but she also got shot. <laughs> she did also get shot, to be fair. I think you deserve a couple of cookies if you get shot. <laughs> I know, but I just wanted to phrase that way. Because I just like, Max is a good punching bag for me. So Max loves the cookies, and she takes a bunch on the way, because she's going to find her family. And also, after, what, two days? Ella calls her, quote, her sister. And Max says, no, I won't ever come back to visit you. Get fucked, you bitch. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, because Ella does remind her of Angel, and all I can think is, I mean, they don't look anything alike. They're just tiny girls. So, Max is very thankful, and she just yeets herself out of there with her wings. And then she's like, Angel, I'm on my way at last. Like, okay, so we know Angel's going through some messed up experiments. So it's like, forget that. No, we gotta go through this family genre. It's like, wow, this is like, Angel, your family sucks. Am I too late? She says, having just arrived where they agreed to meet up and she's real sad she mixed them and she looks up and everybody's flying and she gets a big old hug and she's rewarded for getting cookies great job max you got yourself shot for someone to help someone who kind of didn't need it while your comrades all fought their way out of life-threatening situations so they all catch up they all just you know catch up like oh we're buddies again and then max decides at least in the manga, not to tell them about the microchip, which seems at least like important information. Oh, if she tells them in the book, it's just that it doesn't mean anything because they don't do anything with it. Yeah, okay. As a kid, they're always on the run, I guess, because they're always on the run from society. Even though they stood in the, they were in the same woodside cabin for two years, despite the fact that the evil group knew where they were the entire time. Yeah, so nudge and everybody's catching up catching up and fang the most shocked part that fang finds the thing that fang finds most shocking about all this is that max had an x-ray that's the part he's like you had an x-ray it's like what yeah it's a thing that happens fang no they're small children they don't know about the ways of the world except (laughs) when they do yeah exactly this is when when max knows how to jack a car at least the manga this is about 90 percent of the way through they're actually back on their journey yeah, we waste about a quarter of the book just wasting time on this series. We gotta point out, the reason why this portion was probably really confusing to listen to, because it was confusing to read, because they cut back and forth through everyone's experiences, like, every page is a different set, the different set of characters. Yeah, like, to describe the manga, it's, I think, actually, literally, every other page we're switching characters. So, they all go to McDonald's, this time it's not explicitly McDonald's, but it's pretty explicitly McDonald's. So they just they just chomp down on some on some Mickey D's. Who should walk in? But Ari, and now he looks like an actual human being. 
does it have the part in the manga where Artie's driving a car despite being like seven years old and it did not happen here fucking does a burnout on some random asshole at the ATM where they steal his ATM card that did not happen yeah, so that's the explanation for how they have money for basically the rest of the series is they steal some asshole's ATM card and just take all of his money. No, I should mention something, by the way. That's not how ATMs work. You need at least a password. Yeah, no, no, no. They they figure out his password because Iggy can hear the buttons. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, he leaves his he leaves his card in the ATM and then... What? Yeah, what yeah. The... No, he well, deserves because, to be robbed. Because Ari, Ari did some sick burnouts on him. And and then and then Iggy guesses the uh, pin from the buttons that were pressed, and because he heard them, because because he's blind. Yeah, because he's super blind. Not just regular blind. He is super blind. Super. They book it, and they get caught immediately. Max gets hecked up, and then Ari says, "We're going home, just like old times." And Max is in a cage. Spider speech about living in a cage. That's weird. Okay, so in the book, this is very different. Um, they hotwire a car after stealing the asshole's ATM card. The Mickey D scene happens, except that instead of getting caught and beaten down brutally, they jump into their hotwired car, and then they have a uh, chase scene. A fucking chase scene in a car with all these kids. By being able to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually able to fly faster than cars. Don't worry about it. And then they have a head-on 60 mile per hour collision. And it's wor- and it's also worth noting, could you describe to me the scene where they jack the car? It's like one paragraph where they just... Oh god, here it is. My personal ethics prevents me from giving you more information. I'm editorializing here on how to steal cars. Yep, that was the quote I remembered. Max apparently got the big crate, whereas Angel only got the medium one. Also, hi, Angel. So Angel's back. Max is still heavily concussed, but then out walks Jeb. And Jeb calls her Maximum Ride. I cannot pronounce Jeb's last name. Can you please help me? Batchelder. Batchelder? The book narration returns all of a sudden, by the way. This has been gone the entire manga. So Max is losing her shit. You know what? If I saw a man I thought was dead... And he was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm just alive. I'm pretty freaked out. Max is just like, this is not okay. He just reveals, this has all been a test. This is very important because you were always special. You were born special. You were created for a reason. What is that reason? And I quote, Max, you are supposed to save the world! Oh my god, the self-importance of that is Maximum Ride. You're so important, my teenage daughter. You are so important. You're the most important person that's ever existed. You're the only important person in the world. All these sheeple can't compare to you and your friends and your boyfriend. That's the end of volume one for me. To give this volume a review, fuck it. I'd rather read Black Clover, which is not high praise. Uh, so, marking the end of volume one, I'm gonna just read some choice quotes from the book since you got it, they're, oh, they're delicious. So, uh, we open on the prologue with warning in all caps if you dare to read this story you become part of the experiment experiment is capitalized by the way i know that sounds a little mysterious but it's all i can say right now that means you do not know what that meant yeah i mean it's kind of clear that he made up the second book and then went back to the third the first book for the third one but whatever 
Oh, this is also part of the prologue. Congratulations. The fact that you're reading this means you've taken one step closer to surviving till your next birthday. Yes, you, standing there leafing through these pages. Do not put this book down. I'm dead serious. Your life could depend on it. It's the man walking out in front of the curtain saying, This is not, this is a real story. And you're a part of it too. I guess if I were more of a fembot, it would bother me that a blind guy six months younger than I am could cook better than I could. I'm always bothered by the war on traditional femininity. Like, okay, look. Gentlemen, we, we need to have a talk. People who, like me, want to be like, Oh, I'm gonna be a big old feminist. Okay, let's, let's, let's sit down and talk. The point of it is not fuck traditional femininity. No, it's the point of it is a woman can be traditionally feminine, traditionally masculine, or any of the wonderful rainbow in between without being judged for it and being regarded as lesser. So no, you're not a fembot if you like to cook. Continue. Sometimes he, meaning Fang, seems like a droid or a drone. Fang of nine. Fang 2D2. Fang of nine? Fang of nine is a reference to Star Trek Voyager. Oh, this fucking nerd. <laughs> All I could think, like, when I saw that, I was like, like 9S? I was like, wait a minute. These books are A, not good enough to reference near Automata, and B, way too old to reference near Automata. Yeah, if you're a kid who gets that reference, you you definitely grew up in, like, the nerdiest household possible. Oh, uh, regarding the bully scene, the bigger kids were boys, the smaller kid in the middle was a girl. Coincidence? I think not. Don't even get me started about the whole Y chromosome thing. I live with three guys, remember? They're three of the good ones, and they're still obnoxious as all get out. Oh, uh, that quote makes me physically good. One of them was holding a shotgun loosely in the crook of his arm. America, right to bear arms, yada yada yada. Okay, all I think is, is like, this is all written, because I don't think James Patterson believes a single word of this. All I think is, James Patterson is like, a, fee- a young teenage girl will like this book if I put this in there, and then she'll buy more of my books. These books are yeah. really political. I think we have to point this out. There's a lot of political message. There's a lot there. <clears throat> It it very it jumps between weirdly conservative and weirdly liberal, both neither subtle nor well delivered. Okay, that's the end of of quotes for at least volume one for you. Cut back to Max after your flashback with Jeb. And by the way, there's something here. It's Max, you can't tell any of the others. Trust me, you'll find out soon. But can't Angel just read her mind? Yeah, no, that's a plot point that gets frequently ignored. So then, the scientist lady shows other scientists around along with Ari and another eraser. And then, and then Max gives him a quip so much that it pisses him off, and it's the most banal quip I've ever heard. And, it, and he says, if you like some exercise, I could take you for a walk if you beg. Kick, kick, kick. Now, not only this would be a weird rape threat, but he is seven. You picked up on this too, right? Ari's kind of... They give him a bunch of, like, weird kind of rapey-based lines, despite him only being seven. He should not know what sex is. But then Max says, and I quote, You're the one's there, dog. Why don't you get on your leash and beg for a walk yourself? To which Ari freaks out. So, okay. We go from him making a 50-year-old rape reference to being a seven-year-old. And then Scientist Lady says, Watch it, Ari. And then she's out in the yard... And she sees all the erasers in a kennel. And then Ari's threatening to eat her. 
And in another really rapier line, is he seven or is he fifty? Like you, you have to decide because he's being very rapey. Because they don't decide ever. So she bites him, and then we find out that Ari is really strong. And then he literally breaks Nudge's cages with match with Max's. And then a, then Nudge can actually break free, steal the keys, and free everyone. And then Hawks come. Oh, hey, you want to hear the book version? Because it's worse. I really want to hear the book version. So Ari kicks Max's crate next to Angel's crate, right? Mm-hmm. Max unlatches Angel's crate in a couple of seconds. And then Angel frees everyone else. And then the hawks come. So here's my question. If it takes you a couple of seconds to unlatch a dog crate, which if my memory serves correctly, are very simple latches that if you put a human in, they could unlatch it really easily. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, and it's not locked, because it takes you only a couple of seconds, so why didn't they just let themselves out? Because, claw point. So, the hawks attack Ari, and all I can think is, like, did they train these hawks? What happened like, hawks are apex predators. They, sh- they should not be following orders. Even if they got a, a sniff of Fang's sweet, sweet wing pits. It's not even Fang who's leading them. Yeah, I know. It was Iggy and Gaz, but still. And then Jeb is screaming, Max, please, you were safe here. This was only a test. You have to trust me. I'm the only one you can trust. And she's like, I don't think so. Now, this is foreshadowing for the fact that Jeb is right, actually. Because literally everyone in this series will betray Max at some point. And when I say everybody, I actually do mean everybody. Trust me. Angel's back with the group, and they're all happy in their cave. Now, now they need a new home. They can never go back to their old life. Their old life is dead and terrible and stinky. And then they, she says, we'll go east. So they escaped the school. By the way, the school, despite being built up as like this big impenetrable fortress that was held to escape with the help of Jeb, their head scientist, they escaped in like five minutes. Yeah, they just fly out. Like, all right, bye. They're, they're homeless, aimless, on the run, but they feel happy. And they're, don't they still have their tracking devices? Yes, their tracking device doesn't get removed until book three. So everybody's happy and they're flying and like, man, I love flying. And then Max has just a seizure. So she wakes up. They made camp, and Angel has a secret for when she was at the school. It's about them, where they came from. She got something from Jeb. Is it where they got the DNA? Yeah. They have files on them. Oh no. It's in upstate New York. The Living Institute. Thank you for this very important revelation, Angel. Now, to this I say, you couldn't say this earlier? And you know who agrees with me? Iggy. Iggy yells at her. The fuck, dude? You couldn't have said this earlier? And Angel starts crying to guilt trip Max into protecting her. But, yeah, so basically, Angel gives the beans on their parents, basically saying, Oh yeah, by the way, Iggy's mom's dead. He probably still has a dad. Nudge's parents are both still alive. Nobody knows who Fang's dad is because he was never around. And his mom was a teenager. Ugh, the edge. And, you know, Fang just keeps dropping the fire because he doesn't care about anything because he's an edgelord. And Max doesn't get Jack. Because hers is a reveal. Because she's so important that we that Angel didn't even learn about her parents, but everybody else's. So they're gonna go to the institute. There's a weird like subtone of Max is their mother, but there's also the weird subtone of Max also doesn't want to be their mother, but also wants to be their mother. Anyways, they're just sleeping in a park like some bums, and they get found. 
like out of nowhere, Erasers. And I stand by the fact, Erasers, terrible name. So they book it and they book it to the Central Park Zoo. And it just happens to be students get in free day. And then they, they go to Central Park Zoo. And while being chased by the Erasers, the Erasers give up, by the way, at the gate because they can't get in for free. You can't pay like 15 bucks. Anyway, so they actually stop and like just look at the goddamn animals. And Iggy can't deal with the smell, and you know Max's headaches are back, and she just can't deal with it. That that little plot point, by the way, drags on for like I think a whole book and a half. Anyways, they go into the subway, and they find the street rats, and they find computer street rats, and Max says more than caring about this weird kid, you know, just out of nowhere with a computer. Max is embarrassed that he that he assumed that she's Fang's girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend. I don't like this character. He's treated like garbage. Yeah. Well, because he's poor, and therefore should be treated like garbage. No, it's it's more than that. Yeah. No. So this kid's a super whiz, and was kicked out of MIT, and says some things I actually don't understand. Like I'm sure they're real computer terms and stuff like that, but I just like legitimately just went over my head. So, like, he's talking about his Thorazine and shit like that. Thorazine is a medication used to treat schizophrenia. Oh, no. Yeah. So, basically, <clears throat> he walks up to them with a computer that has a bunch of text saying, Hello, Max. We're the Institute for Higher Living. we got big plans for you. Blah, 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 blah. And there are these signs all over Times Square that say this. Kid runs away, and Max is getting messages in her head now from these and then everybody stares at Max like she's crazy because she just had a mental breakdown in New York City which all I think is wouldn't the New Yorkers not care this is New York so now Max is riding a bus and being told to have fun voice is capitalized uh, not all caps but it's capitalized it's treated as a real character in this narrative despite it being initially presented as Max herself talking to herself which would line up with a character who has schizophrenia interacting with them, but no, it's it's something else entirely. All that being said is they're, ru- they're running low on cash, and then they find the Toy Kingdom, which Max, a child, I guess, finds to be fun. So they go, and then Angel tries to puppy dog her way into a $49 plush teddy bear. And then we get more signs saying, save the world, Max. Uh, the Ouija board spells out, save the world, Max. Oh, for me, it's a PS2. Nice. And then Angel does the most thuggin' thing I've ever seen. She uses her mind control powers, which she now has, to make a lady buy her a doll. Like, the rest of the characters no-sell it. They're like, wow, that's, that's really scary. Can you, like, not do that? And then Max is like, that's not cool, man. Like, Max is the only one that actually reacts. Yeah, Angel's a cold motherfucker. (laughs) Anyways, after the Toy Store adventure, they just force Angel to run, and they all just run and run until Angel, I guess, makes a loud noise in their minds. And Max does her favorite move to this eraser who does not even feel it, apparently. And he then just kicks the shit out of her until Angel kills him via seizure. Yeah, we're also running into a disconnect here in, after the toy store, they run into a bank card with Maximum Ride written on it, and they're like, we'll figure out the password later. That's important, because they're making a big plot point out of, hey, they don't have any cash now. Except for the ATM card they stole from that guy. Oh well. 
Anyways, they find out that the erasers literally have expiration dates. Now, I believe this these books are set when they were written, so 2001. So the expiration is 11 zero, so 110007. When is it supposed to expire? What what is zero zero? They got to run from the cops because they just murdered a man. You were right about the disconnect, but not that much because they do in fact find the visa card. It is, by the way, expressly visa. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like I don't know the legality of that in books. They're caught caught by the popo because they're sleeping in a goddamn tree in Central Park, and then she lost her bear, which she had already named Celeste. Why would you have an emotional attachment to something that somebody you didn't know bought for you, that you forced them to buy for you, that you've had for less than a full day? I, I think it is kind of well established in this series that Angel has possession issues, and she has really bad possession issues. I don't know why they're manifesting at six years old, but hey, trauma will do weird things to you. So, Max and the gang find a church, and she starts praying, and apparently God actually gives them a god damn sign because Max is actually so special that divine intervention is happening side note uh, the reason why they run into the church is because they're avoiding the cops because of the rule of sanctuary which is cops aren't supposed to go in churches which is actually complete bullshit it's even said in the book like I'm pretty sure that's not the case anymore and it isn't was it ever a case? Um, it was a case in like the 1700s forever ago okay there's not been any like modern case where it's come up there's a couple of churches that tried to do it and the police were like no see ya the only thing that kind of applies is that like churches can house refugees and sometimes the cops won't go in there but most of the times they just storm in there anyways so then they decide to take out cashola and it's like okay well what's the password and okay i need to ask something about american bank passwords are they also four digits um, in the fiction of the book, they're actually five. There are five? Uh, I think Mother has more than five letters, good sir. Because the password turns out to be Mother, because Angel is magic. That is a recurring theme, is that Angel is weird and special. The Institute for Higher Living, not on a public registry. Shocker. But some lady's just having some big computer troubles, and she's been working on a file all day, and it just crashes, and... I don't know if your computer's ever done this, but sometimes when your computer crashes, it shows the mysterious message, there's a pot of gold beneath every goddamn rainbow. So they go to a restaurant and order an absurd amount of food. Angel, by the way, takes offense to them being called, quote, spoiled rich kids, because that's not, they're the outcast of society. How dare you call me rich? Yeah, no, we're just hungry. We're just poor. <laughs> so then the restaurant owners rightfully call the cops. And, hey, remember when she took a bullet to not show people their wings? They yeah, just, they just burst out their wings in the restaurant and go through its apparently glass ceiling. Oh, classic quote here. Angel asks the manager, what's a himbo? <laughs> <laughs> that can't be the quote. No, it's real. No. It's real. No. What's a himbo? No. Himbo's italicized. My love of himbos was installed in me from a young age. Thanks, James Patterson, for ruining my life. They reveal their wings to everybody, and a bunch of pictures are taken. Now, to that I say, unless every single person in New York City saw you, you're fine. It's New York. There are tons of crazy people. Enough crazy people have seen bird people before this book was written. 
Anyways, Ari finds them in the surrounded. <laughs> Back to the actual plot. And Ari raises a good point. Why didn't you take me too? Like, yeah, I was Jeff's son, but like he even knows I'm alive. The fuck, guys? You just abandoned me. And then Angel, Professor X's Ari into giving her back her doll, and then they run. Oh yeah, we gotta point out that uh, the uh, mutant wolfman was holding the teddy bear hostage. Oh, I forgot, yeah. he. So he implied that he's been tracking them via the scent of the teddy bear. Really? I thought it was because Max has a fucking chip in her arm. Yeah, you'd think they'd use the easy way. Nah, he wants some manual labor. That sucks. Ari has Max by the literal throat. He is strangling her. He wants to kill her. And then and then he is told, nah, we gotta leave him. They literally come out of the they come out of the shadows to Ooga Booga at our main characters. And then they disappear back into the shadows. They haunted house the flock. No, no, they gave her back the ter- teddy bear. They gave her back the teddy bear. Look at this hostage situation where one side gets back the hostage and the other team just fucking leaves. <laughs> the other team yeets themselves out of there. So voice tells her to sleep. And then in the goddamn New York Post. Also, like, 2001 was kind of a important year, let's say, right? In New York's history? Yeah, you'd think that a possibly faked photo of bird kids would have made the front page. Would have made the front page considering all of the shit that happened in 2001. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, how's your September doing? Also, man, Nudge's lips get more and more noticeable as this goes on, by the way. Please don't. No, 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 you're lying. You're like, fucking, they... you're fucking telling <laughs> untruths. I want to say they're getting bigger, but they're not. But, like, I'm more and more drawn to them. <laughs> it's like magnets. I can't look away. Yeah. So, they literally then spend some time getting makeovers. I get the idea of, like, changing up your style when you're being chased or whatever. But A, it doesn't matter when you have a chip. And B, man, looking like this, you have to stand out. Like, Jesus. Are you telling me a very tall kid with bleached hair and blue tips wouldn't stand out in the crowd? Like, Iggy, Iggy's the worst one. Like, Iggy and Gaz are bad. Like, okay, Matt? Fang and Nudge could actually blend in pretty well. Angel, I guess, would look like a kid that dressed herself, but Gaz and Iggy stand out too much now. Fang is what I think of whenever I think of someone who listens to My Chemical Romance. Oh god, you're completely right. So Angel can breathe underwater, because she's a because fr- I guess she's also a fishman? And then the voice says, you six are works of art. To which I say, no, the three are. Gaz farts a lot. <laughs> The Iggy's special powers being blind. Why? Max and Fang have a nice touching scene on on the beach where they're like, "Oh yeah, let's just stay together." As Max leans on his dick. You mean shoulder? Sorry, we coughed. <coughs> it's shoulder. It's his lap in the manga. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you thought I was. You thought I was joking. I'll bump that. No, I thought. Oh my god, I thought you were joking. I I got tricked. So. Max and Fang, after their romantic nap, are surrounded completely. And then Max once again pisses off Ari with very banal comment. Like, it's a very lame joke. Can we can we talk about Ari's dialogue in this scene especially? He has a literal quote that's, I like him feisty. It's pretty bad. Ari completely demolishes Fang. 
Oh, it's rough. It's a bad beatdown. Like, holy crap. Like, okay, Fang's a shitty person. Like, he's actually a shitty person. But he doesn't deserve this. Like, he gets beaten down really hard, and then he just gets sliced open. Jeb comes. is like, don't you understand? You're supposed to save the world, Max. You're supposed to be ultimate. You're supposed to be the strongest, the smartest. You're supposed to be maximum. And she basically gives the speech of, of I'm maximum, right? Not you. So, bye bye old man. And then he's like, I don't got time for this. I'm leaving. And then they just leave. They haunted house again. Haunted house away. And the villains leave the scene. They fuck up one of the characters and they're like, you know what? Our work is done here. Goodbye. We are here to make faces and kick Fang's ass. And we've kicked Fang's ass, so time to leave. So, now it's more important matters. He's all better without needing to go to the hospital. So, they have a little moment where they're like, oh, that was embarrassing. And then Max just all of a sudden has like a daydream where she's seeing a, another goddamn vision from God. Wait, but you left out the, the most important part. What? The kiss. The kiss. The setup of the worst romance in this genre. In the book, Fang is just bleeding out on the sand and she kisses him. She has another vision, and they go, and they're in a sewer well, and all of a sudden, Iggy can pick doors, because I guess that's how sound works? Like, would you be able to hear that? Um, I guess if you could hear the tumblers, which would be really, really difficult. In a metro sewer. Yeah, probably so, not. But... Which are not connected, by the way. They, the, the subway and the, met and the sewers are not connected. Oh, I'd like to point out that uh, when he heard the keys of the ATM, the guy was swearing into a phone very loudly and playing loud music from his car that was right next to the mm -hmm. ATM. So his ears are magic. So then they get to a giant computer. It's like, oh, another hurdle. What's the password for this computer? And then Nudge can just see technology magic. Apparently she has some weird kind of object memory where if she touches anything... She can see all of the people that used it. Or at least the ones that are plot convenient. Um, yeah, I guess if she wants to or not. It seems like it'd be convenient, but it's only really used to hack into computers and other electronic devices that are otherwise impassable. It's a key. It's a skeleton key. That's all it's it. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a key item. So Gaz looks behind a curtain and is horrified. What is it? Well, it's a lot of fucked up animals. This book, series in general, seems to think science is scary. And this is a trope in fiction, just in general, that I've always hated. Science is not scary, it's amazing. It, it has a bad deals with uh, the idea of mad scientists ruining the world. Yeah, it's, it's weird. So, Ari shows up, spooks some of the other mutants. Ari just basically gives them a speech about how he was also abused and how he went through hell. But he came out really strong and tough. To which Max says, you're seven, dude. To which he makes another rape reference. And then he slips in the goddamn sewer like a joke. And he says, damn, the floor is as slippery as you. And all I could think is, this is our, like, ostensibly our main physical threat. This man has beaten Max and Fang half to death multiple times each. How is, how, why are we just treating him like a joke all of a sudden? So they have a little scrap in the sewer. And she gets on top of Ari, and then she just breaks his fucking neck. Yeah, she just grabs him and then pushes him to the floor, and he just his neck just breaks. And then Jeb tearlessly just screams, He was my son. 
And then Jeb forgives her because you're so special. I need you. Please come back with me. It's like, she just murdered your son. Shouldn't you be trying to kill her? It's like, yeah. Wow, what a loving father. And then he screams at her, you killed your own brother. What a revelation. Yeah. Also, fuck the teddy bear. Now, now, Angel got a puppy. Ari's death is strange because it feels like it represents the end of a threat that was never actually a threat. Like, Ari is the representation of, like, danger to these characters, and now he's dead. But thing is, he never really was a threat. Like, Fang recovered from his injuries in, like, a day. He shows up to Oogabooga at them and then disappears because the higher powers that be say no. He's yeah. he's a barking dog on a chain. He's a chain chomp from Mario. As long as you don't go within the leash, he can't hurt you, and he never hurts anyone, really. Like, no permanent damage ever happens. So his death is, like, meaningless. Like, oh no, it's an obstacle that never try like... That never killed us. Yeah, and like, it, and it really comes down to like, it also like is Max beats him in a straight physical fight, so it's like you've eliminated all threat of the erasers now, because their only thing was like they were stronger, right? But Max just beat him in a straight fight. Yeah. Also, Ari says he would never hurt Max this badly in in reference to her breaking his neck, but he tried to. He was clearly only held back by other people. So why is he being sympathetic now? Because you, because they need to make the first murder of the protagonist matter. Every other murder will not matter. She will not feel a drop of guilt for every single other murder. So Angel has a new puppy. He can jump real good. And then they get some names and ad- addresses and some pictures. That's about it. They're not finding much, and they're trying to find out some more. And then they're gonna go to DC. Yeah, all this is is a big old sequel hook. There's an epilogue, too. Go ahead and give me the rundown of the epilogue, because I don't think that's going to be covered in Volume 3. Um, it's literally just them flying. She talks to the voice a little bit. Yeah, okay, so give me with your choice quotes, your indiscrepancies, and all that shit. Here's here's a choice ender, too. This is is not the epilogue, it's a post-note written in that weird, like, first-person-addressing-reader version. Remember what I said at the very beginning? Now I'm giving you a choice. You can put down the book, you can put the book down now, but you'll just have some of the story. Look other places for more of it. Dig even deeper and you could become part of it. The web of answers is out there if you could find the portal. Be careful and don't say I didn't warn you. Max, it's cynical to an almost shocking degree. It's like, this is a comic made, sorry, this is not a comic, this is a, a book made by a committee designed to appeal to every teenage fantasy. I can't say it didn't work. I mean, both of us read a lot of the series as young adults. You want to chat about, like, this book in general, like, summing this book up? In general, this is a generic young adult fiction book, and we got two more of these to go. Yeah, and I just want to say, nothing happens. Like, if I was to make an edit of things that I thought were important, I would skip 90% of it. Like, people need to hear how rambling this book is. Like, it's... It's atrocious. This book is fucking atrocious. Because nothing happens. Okay, like, let's sum up what, they ha- what happens. They live in the mountains. They have to leave the mountain. They save Angel from being kidnapped. They then find out that Max is important, and she kills the people that kidnapped Angel. They then continue to run. Yep, they, she gets the voice. That's important. Yeah, she gets the voice, sorry. 
Oh, and, and all their powers appear, which aren't actually that relevant ever. I'm sorry, but I don't think Angel Breathing Underwater has ever no, come up. but the uh, mind-influencing Mind stuff influencing is useful. Useful, yeah, but like barely anything happens in this book. Okay, for me, it was two fucking full volumes of manga, and not just Tonkobans, by the way. These, these, are, these are big pages. Like, this is a fucking two full fucking volumes. How many pages was it for you? About uh, 130 pages of text. 130 pages of fucking nothing. Oh, sorry. Let me make a small correction here. I was counting chapters. There's 134 chapters. It's 170 pages in PDF form. Yeah, there we go. Alright. Yeah, so it's 170 pages of fucking nothing. This episode of YA Trash has been brought to you by Flock Wings. Because if birds won't do, why not humans?